of you know about this is my wife Belinda. She plays the keyboard and sings up here and uh, did the offering. And um, Then I have three kids, but one of them, three children. But one's here today. He's a freshman at OCU and uh, he, uh, they're at college. His major is either a, um, he's either going to go into missions or into the, um, what is it, disaster relief management, one of those two programs. He's kind of wavering between the two. My oldest, Zach, he played the electric guitar last week. He um, is a, he'll be done with his degree at um, Malone University. And I think they change these majors every so often, the, the names of them, so you never know what they are. I think it's commercial music technology. And then my daughter, Hannah, she's a senior at Wilmington College. And she's doing uh, some sort of media design. So that's my kids. But I want to introduce you to some other people too. <laughs> you guys, an email got sent out from my wife to, I don't know if you know what I do or not, but I am an elementary school principal, okay? And I want to thank the interior decorators of this church because this looks like my office. <laughs> Is it, it's, let me tell you, Belinda emailed one of those things on uh, HGTV. And asked them if they could come to an office makeover. And they said, we would, but you're too far out of L.A. So, but that's kind of what it looks like some days. Okay? So I need to thank whoever did that because I feel right at home now. But Belinda sent this email out at like 3.05 in the morning. I couldn't sleep with her excuse. And sent it to Kathy Davis, who is the secretary at Pickaway. Wave, wave. Okay. And she emails it out to my, the rest of the staff. Well, I have... Kim Pontius and her husband, Randy. But Kim is a first grade teacher at Pickaway. And every day we have the joy of just pouring everything we have into uh, about 265 K6 kids. And uh, we found out that um, when they come in there, ice is always the answer. Put a piece of ice in a bag and they're good to go. So, but I, I want to thank them. I thank you for coming. So, um, Thomas, if you're ready, we'll play that one song. Searching in shadows Lost in the night Grasping for answers Where is the light When out of despair My soul cries And out of no before my eyes there you are loving me there you are faithfully pouring out mercy mending my heart just when I thought 
you are loving me there you are faithfully pouring out mercy you're mending my heart just when i thought i had wandered too far there you are what an amazing verse on that or a chorus on that song because every one of us have wandered just a little bit too far and satan wants to bombard us with with lies that says you cannot go back And every time he pours out his mercy upon us and says, yeah. This morning I want to look at three people. Old Testament, New Testament, Old Testament. Three individuals who I call heavy hitters. Because when we see, think about them, these individuals, we we think that they can't, you know, they're, they're, we look at things that they've done and things that, that the way God used them. And um, 
they had their struggles just like we do, and they're human. And I'm going to try to take this a little bit step deeper to think, I put myself in, the, in their shoes to see how I would think that they would, if, if, I was one of, if I was them, if I was in that situation. First, when we look at um, First Kings, we're going to look at it. First of all, we're going to look at a, a gentleman who, um, who had seen the very power of God. And God used him in a mighty way that he went and hid because he feared for his life. Second one we're going to look at is the very man who walked with Jesus and <laughs> saw, the, saw the power, the healing power of Jesus, and he denied him. The third one we're going to look at is a guy who knew was something was, he was supposed to be doing something else, but he went out in the desert and decided he was going to retire. And God led him to a, uh, to a burning bush and said, I got more for you to do. So the first one we looked at, we're going to look at uh, First Kings. Now let's go, and if, his name's Elijah. And um, let's go back in time a little bit before he went to, uh, one situation, what happened. Uh, I, I, re- I pulled this out of the message in First Kings eighteen seventeen, And it says, the moment Ahab saw Elijah. Now Ahab was the king at that time. The, the message says, so it's you, old troublemaker. Now, wouldn't you like to be greeted by the king calling you a troublemaker? What if you saw the president and, he walked, and, he, and you walked up and he said, oh, there you are, Bill Whitfield, you troublemaker. You know, Don Fairley, you troublemaker. What if the... <laughs> well, wouldn't that be a way that you wanted to be greeted? Now... Elijah had the boldness to say this. It's not I have caused the trouble in Israel. It's you and your government because you've dumped God's ways and commands and run off after the local gods, the Baals. Now, we could, we could spend all day right there because we could apply that to a lot of different things. But we're not going to camp there, okay? We're going to go on. So what go, what, without reading the rest, I'm just going to paraphrase all this because you don't want to be here two and a half hours and my ADHD kicks in and I don't like to read very much. So I'll just kind of paraphrase it. So what happened was there was a showdown, and he and they challenge each other, and Ahab and, and uh, Elijah says, "Go get your prophets, and tell tell the queen to bring her and he and her favorites, which is the four hundred fifty prophets of Baal. Bring them up here, and I want we're going to have a showdown. Your God against my God. So it." Um, they all, they all gather, and they cut up the ox. They put it up there. Well, the prophets of Baal decide then that they start calling on their God. They start screaming. They start praying. They build their altar and all this stuff. And um, I like how the message puts it because it says, By noon, Elijah started to make fun of them and taunt them. He says, Why don't you call a little louder? He is a God after all. Maybe he's off meditating somewhere. So he's kind of baiting them a little bit. Maybe he's on vacation. You don't suppose he overslept, do you? Maybe you need to crawl, call a little louder. So they got so angry, they started kicking their, their altar down, and they started cutting themselves. So finally, it says, a little bit after, and, and I could just see Elijah right now go, you guys, I'm going to go take a nap under this tree over here. So it's kind of hot out here in the sun. Plus, they were in a drought. So... Uh, I need to go take a rest. So he's over there. So finally it says after, after, a little bit after the noon hour, 
He says, Elijah says, enough of this. All right, you guys step back. You're gonna see how my God works. So he rebuilt the altar and asked them to bring water. And they dumped water on the altar. They built a trench around the altar, dumped, water, dumped more water on, dumped more water on. And Elijah then stands in front of the altar and says, God, let these people know that I am doing your job, what you want me to do, what you've called me to do. And let them know that there is a God in Israel and you are the God. You are a powerful God. And give these people one more chance to repent. And immediately as that fire from heaven came down, consumed the altar, consumed the water. Elijah witnessed that. The 450 prophets of Baal were put to death. When the queen found out about that, she didn't like Elijah very much. So word got back to Elijah, the queen wants you dead. The queen wants you dead. And enough of that got back to him that it started to grip his heart. And he started to fear for his life. So what did he do? God told him to go one way. He went the other. And went and hid in a cave. Had self-pity for himself. And when God said to him, Elijah, what are you doing here? He said, oh, God, you know, I do work for you. I do all this stuff. And I'm the only one left. And they want me dead too. And when he asked him again, you know, the good thing about Elijah, he didn't, he didn't uh, make up some story. He was honest. He was scared, scared for his life. And when he, um, so God asked him again. And he told him the same thing. And when, in the, in, um, then we go to 1 Kings 19. It says, uh, then God, then God told Elijah, go stand on the mountain at attention before God, and, God will, and I will pass by. Now, this is kind of like your dad calling you outside. Because I'm, 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 I, I have this just gut feeling that Elijah's going, oh my gosh, I am in trouble now. Because God is calling me out. Because I am not doing what he's called me to do. And it says, a hurricane whipped through, whipped wind ripped through the mountains and shattered the rocks before God, but God wasn't to be found in the wind. After the wind, an earthquake, but God wasn't in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, fire, but God wasn't in the fire. And after the fire, a gentle and quiet whisper. And when Elijah heard the quiet voice, he muffled, he muffled his face with his great cloak, went to the mouth of the cave and stood there. And he said, so Elijah, what have you been doing here? Elijah went to look for God's wrath. That's what he was expecting. But how did God do, handle that? In a small, quiet voice and said, you know what? Let's make this a learning lesson. You need to, now I need you to do this. So he went looking. So he, and we all get in that situation. We know what God can do. We've seen the miraculous works of God. But then when it starts getting uncomfortable for us we run and hide we run and hide in a cave and God wants you to know you know and I wonder when I heard that song I thought about Elijah and I said just when just when he thought he had gone too far there 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 God was let's go over to the New Testament let's look at Peter the man who was called the rock the man who had walked with Jesus 
said, I will follow you anywhere, Jesus. He had walked on water. He had seen Jesus heal the deaf, the blind, any kind of cast out demons. He had seen Jesus do a number of things. And he said, Lord, I will follow you everywhere. And Jesus said, no, you will deny me. Before the rooster crows, you will deny me. And Peter goes, no, there is no way, no way. And you know what happened. There when they were crucified, getting ready to crucify Jesus, when they were beating him, people came, a person came to, Paul, uh, to Peter and said like, hey, weren't you with him? Peter's replied, no, you're mistaken. I don't know the man. I have no idea who he is. So he walks over a little bit more and wants to watch a little bit of the procedure. And probably his heart is just pouring out because he's seeing Jesus being beaten. A couple other people go like, hey, aren't you one of his? I saw you with him. You're mistaken. I don't even know the man. Get away from me. Probably called for the guards. Get these people away from me. They're bothering me. Walked over a little bit farther. And finally, they came to him again. And he said, and one of the versions said, that he swore and said, no, I do not know who that man even is. You are mistaken. I don't even know him. And that's when the rooster crowed. Put yourself in in his shoes. (laughs) I bet you that um, it says that Peter wept. Probably didn't, probably was very mistaken, probably was very confused at the time. Knew that he had done something wrong. Knew that he had wandered too far. Had made promises. And probably hurt the best friend that he had ever had. And now he was gone. And I think, and I believe Satan probably bombarded him with thoughts. Yeah, he's not coming back. He's not who he said he was. And I, and I figure probably guilt, depression, hurt, all crept right back into, um, into his life. Probably not knowing what, but, in there, but, there, but not what's going to happen. But in Mark 16, 6, it's, this is when the, uh, they went to, to the tomb. He said, he said, that this is the angels, don't be afraid. I know you're looking for Jesus and Nazarene, the one they nailed on the cross. He's been raised up. He's no longer. He's no, here, here's no longer. You can see for yourselves that the place is empty. Now on your way, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going on ahead of you to Galilee. You'll see him there exactly as he said. Why did he single out Peter? Because he knew how Peter felt. He knew that Peter was going through this turmoil because he was the one that denied him. Jesus knows how, what you go through every day. He knows how you feel. Peter's human. Elijah's human. And he said to him, he said, and make sure you tell Peter I'm going to be there. And basically, that's telling Peter, he's on, tell Peter, Jesus is telling him, he's on my mind. I'm thinking about you, Peter. But then it says, one of the, virgin, one of the gospels says that Peter ran to the tomb ahead and looked inside. And saw it empty and it shook his head and he still, he did not believe. Disbelief still gripped him. And what did he do? He went, and it said he went back to, um, he went back to his normal life. He went back to fishing. The disciples went back to fishing. And it said, um, 
I like the, the one where it says that he appeared to him at the sea. And Peter, as you know the story where they were fishing and they didn't recognize Jesus on the shore. And he says, how's the fishing today? And they said, not very good. And they go, well, cast it on the other side. And that's where they had the big catch of, of fish. And one of the others of the boat said, that's the master. And it says, Peter did not wait for them to get to the shore. He jumped into the water and swam as fast as he could to get to the shore. And I'm sure that he probably grabbed Jesus' feet and just said, I am so sorry. And that's when Jesus probably picked him up and said, you know, my son, I know you are. You're going to stumble. And that's when they broke, they ate the fish. And after, Jesus, after breakfast, says in John 21, 15, it says, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, master, you know I love you. Jesus said to Peter, feed my lambs. He then asked a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, master, you know I love you. And then Jesus said, shepherd, shepherd my sheep. Then he said a third time, Simon, do you love me? And Peter started to get upset. And he asked, he asked a third time, he said, do you love me? So he answered, master, you know everything there is to know. You've got to know that I love you. And then Jesus said, feed my sheep. That's the exact thing thing he's telling you today, to feed his sheep, shepherd his sheep. And you know, I'm sure that Peter thought, I have gone too far. But then when he got on that shore and Jesus picked him up, he knew that there he was. He was there to love him and he mended his heart. And you know the things, you can see in the, in the accounts and the, and the, as it goes on, the things that Peter did, the miraculous things that Peter did. You know, a lot of times that we do things that um, we, we know the goodness of Jesus and we know we don't realize, but there's things that we do and we act like we don't even know who he is, our actions. When you, when you get cut off in traffic, when the, person, the customer service person at Walmart doesn't quite see eye to eye with you, um, you know, that Jesus is always there loving us and, and grabbing onto us. And the last one is in the Old Testament. And if I can find my, my notes are all out of order. Steve Gillen, have you been up here? He likes to make your notes get out of order. He likes to do it to you. It's in Exodus 3. And you know the story of Moses, but I'm going to show you a video clip now because this video clip can show you, will tell you a lot more than what I can do. And if you think this is a cartoon... And it's a, it's a great little clip. So, Thomas, would you want to show it?
Here I am. Take the sandals from your feet. For the place on which you stand is holy ground. Who are you? I am that I am. I don't understand. I am the God of your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. of my people in Egypt and have heard their cry. Stop it! Leave that man alone! So I have come down to deliver them out of slavery and bring them to a good land. A land flowing with milk and honey. And so unto Pharaoh I shall send you. Me? Who am I to lead these people? They'll never believe me. They won't even listen. I shall teach you what to say. Let my people go! But I was their enemy. I was the prince of Egypt, the son of the man who slaughtered their children. You've, you've chosen the wrong messenger. How, how can I even speak to these people? Who made man's mouth? Who made the deaf, the mute, the seeing, or the blind? Did not I? Now go! I like the part where it says, and I will be with you, Moses. That's the same promise God has for you today. That's the same promise 
you know, you say, I don't, I'll never have a burning bush experience. You don't know that. You don't know how God's going to act. You don't know how he's going to deal with you. But I'll tell you what, there's a burning in some of your souls out there right now, and you know that God's called you to do things. You know he's called you to do things, and that's a promise to you right there. If you step out, because we want to use the thing. We want to use the, 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 I can't speak, Lord. I don't have the words. Lord wants you to know that he'll be with you always. You know, sometimes we go to the doctor because we think we have heartburn, but I think that's just a burning of the Lord inside of your soul saying, you know what, I want you to do more. I want to take you to that land of milk and honey. I want to bring you into a better place. But a lot of times we want to use those excuses. I've been there. You know, I went to the thing. I've been, if, I, I, I was going to ask everyone, what of those three gentlemen that we've looked at today? Yeah, I've hid before. Yeah, I've denied him before. Yeah, and there's been a calling on them that I'm supposed to do it, and I haven't done them. But you know what? There's another song that I know, and we're not going to play it, but it says like, there's been times I've tried it my own way. I let your calling go unanswered, but you still try me every day. The Lord keeps trying me until I finally do what he wants me to do. And you know what? It is so great. It's such a good feeling when the Lord uses you that way. You know, I've been to the point where I have even denied the very existence of God. And I've shared, I don't know, I've shared it here before, but there was a time when I was mowing and I was between jobs and I had no money coming in. I had three small children and I was mowing my mom and dad's yard for money. And I was sitting there and I was just, I wasn't really praying. I was just having a conversation with God. And I just looked and I, and I just looked up to the sky and I said, I don't even know if you are real. And the mower stopped immediately. And my first thought was, great, now I just broke my mom and dad's mower. <laughs> so being the good man that I am, I got out and I kicked the mower Got underneath there and cleaned it out. And, you know, I thought, well, may I ran over some heavy grass or something, not knowing. And when I got back on the mower, the mower started right up. But the presence of God was so powerful on that mower. If you would have probably seen me driving and trying to mow, I'd probably got a DUI on that mower because I was, I, I mean, I was up. I mean, I was, it was unbelievable, the power of God that was on me. I knew right then that I will never question his existence. You know what? And I had seen him. Uh, and you know, I'm just like the others because I, I had seen him heal Lucas. Lucas had a thing where he was not, uh, he would quit breathing. And um, he wasn't, he was a newborn. And Zach was, wasn't even, Zach was probably three or four. And we had called the squad because he quit breathing on him. We got him to, to start up again. And Zach just walked over to him, put his hand on him and said, uh, Lord, heal baby Jesus. And in that room we were in, that uh, power of God just flowed through that and never happened again. You know, my mom, she, um, the, the, the denomination she's in, she just, um, she just sat there and she sat there and she goes, um, I don't know what just happened, but I just, I just felt something happen. Because the denomination, she doesn't, they don't really teach the 
like the healing and the things like that. And she goes, I don't know, but I just felt the presence of, and I said, you felt the presence of God in here. And she said, I think so. And then I go out the very next day and I get on that mower and I question the very existence of God. And then I kick myself. Where are you at? I think you can throw yourself on all three of those at any one time. But you need to know something. There he is loving you. There he is. He's just pulling you in. He's faithful. Mending your heart. And just when you think you've gone too far, he shows up and said, let's go again. Let's try again. Let's keep it going. You know, there's a few in here right now that God wants to use you like, they use, like he used Moses. He wants you, he's going to give you, he wants you to be his mouthpiece. Chad, he wants you to be his mouthpiece. Don't be shy. He's ready. Let me tell you what, this country is looking for answers. It's going to, and we're coming to a time where this nation is going to have to look to the Christians because that's where the answer is going to be. They've looked everywhere else and you see this, the mess that we're in. They're going to have to come back to the very foundation that this, nation, that this nation was founded upon. And then they're going to kick themselves and they're going to say like, why didn't we do this the first time? God wants you to be his mouthpiece. I'm going to ask the leaders to come forward right now. And we're going to play that song again, that There You Are song. And if you think that you've gone too far, if you think that Satan has, uh, he's bombarded you with lies and told you that, no, you can't be, you can't be a child of God anymore. If you, if you, you know, if that, if that stuff gets spoken over you so many times, you start to believe it. And that's one thing that we, I try to do at work. I try to speak positive stuff over kids because I know in this world they get negative stuff spoken over them so many times. And you know, if someone would tell me something like, you know, let me just, I'll give you an example. My mom had di- was a diabetic. Doctors and doctors and people kept telling me, they kept saying, because your mom are, you are too. You know what? I refuse to believe that. And, we, and then when they say, I, go, well, I don't believe that. I break that curse. And you know what? I go to get my, my, my blood work done. They kind of yell at me. They, it, it's, it's perfectly normal. And it shouldn't be because I eat Big Macs. I eat Taco Bell. I eat junk. I eat deep fried food at the Circleville Pumpkin Show. Bill, I eat fried cheese on a stick. And you know what? It shouldn't be normal. But I refuse to believe the lies of Satan. I want to encourage you. If you think you've gone too far, if you need to renew your relationship with Jesus, I have some people up here that's ready to pray for you. I'll be down here too if you need me. But the thing is, you need to know that he wants to mend your heart and he's always there for you. There's been times when you thought that you could probably think that he's not been there. He never, never leaves you. Never. 
So Thomas, if you want to go ahead and play that song again. Searching in shadows Lost in the night Grasping for answers Where is the My soul cries Out of nowhere Before my eyes There you are Loving me There you are Faithfully Pouring out mercy Ending my heart Just when I thought I Wander too far There you are Drifting at midnight Caught in Drowning in failure Battered and torn Without of despair My soul parades Out of nowhere Walking on the Mending my 